Blog Talk Radio. And now, live from the IMLD Home Studio, in its seventh season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. Well, all of the run-up is finally over with. All of the waiting is just about over with. It's almost time for the big game. I don't know if anyone has a patent on the big game. I don't know if I can say that. Apparently, I can't say Super Bowl. I might get charged uh, some amount every time I say Super Bowl. So, uh, as our tradition here, we always call our preview show for the big game the Super Duper Bowl preview attempting to skirt any kind of copyright infringement in any event you are listening live to in much less detail the podcast we are here with you live on a saturday night february the first 2020 i'm dre he's jay and all the pressure is on me tonight because however long i lead up into making my actual pick if i take all 59 minutes or 30 minutes or however long i do it i have to make the winning pick I am in the lead by four points in our playoff system. The Super Bowl, of course, counts for five. And therefore, if I find a way to blow the Super Bowl and Jason has the opposite of me no matter what, then that means Jason will win the season. I had not realized when I before I looked up, Jason, how many years in a row uh, that I've won this thing since the 2013 season. So that makes uh, I believe this would be it's been five. This would be six if I managed to make the right pick. So uh, yep. no pressure on me. Just trying to keep a six year string alive. Yeah, which is pretty funny because the years the the few years in the blog years I was like it kicked your ass, and right. then the first year of the podcast uh, I like blew you out of the water, and then like half of the second season of the podcast I was killing you, and then you came back and won that year. Um, but we, I, we both did, we did mention that one of those five wins that you had was the, uh, Seattle, New England one, which is universally accepted as just a complete garbage, uh, ending to a Super Bowl. So you got me on that one by having New England, um, and Love oh, my you, God, that, oh my God. Yeah. So you got an assist. So I'll, I'll give you a five with an asterisk for one of the, for the worst play call in sports history. Um, for keeping that streak alive. Wins we'll see. Win. You know, the the one thing that we've had this entire length of this podcast is the person who's been in the lead has kept the lead. I don't think we have had a comeback yet. Basically, like, in, not in the podcast era. We had it in the blog era, possibly, and definitely before the blog. But it'd be nice if I could pull this one out. Um, I believe in the recap for the show. Uh, or the uh, the preview of the show, you said I played the long game, and yeah, I, I've bided my time here this postseason. And I, you know, when you go in with a seven point deficit, all you can ask for is to keep living to play another week. And 
You have given me ample opportunities to hang around and hang around and hang around. And while I do have strong feelings um, about who I would be picking for the Super Bowl if I had the pick, I have to say either way, I'm not going to be disappointed by your pick. I mean, obviously, I, I don't want you to have who I think, but if it goes the other way and I end up with San Francisco or Kansas City opposite you, I feel like this is one of those Super Bowls where, you know, it really does feel like a – I wouldn't call it – I wouldn't say it's a total 50-50 because 50-50 would mean I'd had no idea. But it's a 60-40 kind of thing. It's like, you know, I, I feel strongly about the pick that I would make, but I don't feel so strongly that I'm running out to throw money down on this game. That's about how I feel. Um, I, I like my pig and I like the fact that I get to choose, but if the other team won, I would not be the least bit surprised. Uh, it's funny that we go back to that um, Seattle new England game. And we bring that up because that's the last time we've had a super bowl this close as far as what the, uh, what Vegas thinks about it. Um, and I would think I would remember if we had another game that was uh, a pick or a one point spread in between that and this one. I don't believe we have. I remember that was a pick and that was so shocking and so rare to have a, uh, a Super Bowl that there's that much money being thrown down on either side that literally right. Vegas could not uh, figure out one side or another. And this one is close to that. It, it's the same spread uh, from the opening uh from the from the moment that the uh, conference title games ended, uh, this is the number, and it's still the number. And I'm honestly a little surprised that it's still the number. I thought it was going to grow as the uh, the two weeks went on, but it, it wound up uh, growing by a, a minuscule amount uh, a few days ago. And uh, for our purposes, for the site that I check, the uh, free handicapping site at covers.com, it's back down to its original spread right now. That's what we're going with what the spread is right this second. So, uh, yeah. yeah and the, just, old, well, the open was one and a half, right? I mean, it opened one and a half. Well, I saw it open at one. I didn't see it open at one oh, and a okay. half. Oh, okay. So you're, so you're picking this at one. Yeah. I saw it one for, okay. in, in, for a week and a half. I saw one, one, ah. one, one. A few days ago, I saw one and a half. And now it's back to one right now. You know, I'm, like I said, on this one site that I'm looking at right yeah. now. Sure. No, I've uh, had this, uh, the, the site that I see have seen has had this one and a half since the, the, it was posted and it hasn't moved in two weeks. It's literally, I have seen zero movement on this line, but, um, well, I guess, uh, you know, going obviously there's a huge benefit to you going with a one point line because that opens up the opportunity for a push, which would still be, yes. Yes. In my evil, uh, Mr. Burns grin. Yes. So I'm kind of conspiracy theory sitting here like, wait, tinfoil hat goes, he's probably looking at a one and a half point line, <laughs> but I get, okay, that's fine. You're the line maker. For the, the, for the public the to see. This if this ends up a push, I'm I'm calling you out. <laughs> for the entire public to see the free handicapping contest at covers.com. Nope. Right. So go Which look at it right now. Used. It's what we've always used. It's still sitting at one uh, as, as we speak. Um, yeah, but I, I the thing about that is I was watching some uh, some Twitter follows uh, that are really plugged into what's going on in Vegas, and I was noticing in between the conference title games, 
after <clears throat> excuse me after the beatdown by the Chiefs uh, of the Titans, they were speculating about uh, point spreads for the Super Bowl even before the 49ers-Packers game started. And they were speculating that if Green Bay came out of it, that the Super Bowl line would be KC minus four. And if the uh, 49ers oh, came okay. out of it, and if the 49ers came out of it, that would, it would be KC minus three. And what happened was the 49ers dominance of the Packers apparently was such a, uh, an incredible performance and made such an impression that that opening number came out at one. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. What happened to three uh, and stayed? And like I said, that's pretty much why I thought it was going to go up all week. I thought it would eventually get to, if not three, close to three. And it, it didn't. It's been even money on the Niners and the Chiefs. And that, that's uh, that's a little surprising to me. But I can understand it not based on the one game, not based on the conference title game, the way the uh, 49ers handled the Packers. I don't think anything should be based on one game like that, but based on the 49ers season and their style of play and the the different ways that they can win football games. I think that it's actually fairer right here at one, one and a half than it would be KC minus three. I don't think think Kansas City is quite that impressive all year to deserve to be uh, minus three over San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a fairly even game, which makes this very interesting. Uh, the line being at one or one and a half with very little movement tells you that there's pretty much even money, although um, there's a huge disparity between the public and your sharp bets. So uh, public seems to be very heavily favoring Kansas City, but a lot of the you know quote-unquote experts – uh, seem to be favoring San Francisco, but and there seems to be a lot of canceling out there, you know, and just, you know, just because someone's a quote unquote expert doesn't mean they're always right. And sometimes the public gets it totally. So this thing is even, um, you know, it's even opposed in the, the public versus the expert lines. So it's very interesting, this Super Bowl and the matchups are, it's, it's a matchup. It's a very matchup heavy Super Bowl. I think it's one of the most, you know, it's nice not having the Patriots or the Steelers or, I mean, we've had the same teams in the Super Bowl just over and over and over. And we even had the Niners, but this is like so far removed from those Niners that played Baltimore. This ain't your grandpa's 49ers. No. And so this is, it, this is very fresh, you know, it, it's, it's, you got two young, up-and-coming quarterbacks, very very exciting game. I'm, I'm, I think this is uh, this is what people have been wanting, right? It's number one versus number one. That's rare. Um, it's yeah, very evenly matched. Well, uh, number like one said, versus I, number two, right? Chiefs were a two seed. Oh, they were. Yeah, yeah that's right. Chiefs were the two. Which we is forgot about Baltimore. Being, <laughs> yeah, we forgot all about the Baltimore Ravens who got run out of the gym by the by Derrick Henry. Yeah. Um. Dave Derrick Henry basically paved the pathway for the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. And in in, in a way, he did uh, taking down the the other two, uh, the the top seed and the uh, the number three seed uh, before yeah. that. Right. And they gave the they gave the Chiefs a little bit of fight. Uh, everybody seems like they give the Chiefs a little bit of fight early, and then it's you know the Patrick Mahomes show takes over and uh, things get out of hand. Yeah, and, and I'm not surprised that there's a disparity between the public and the sharps. I think that's that's common that the sharps are going to yeah. be different than the public. That that doesn't surprise me at all. 
Um, but like I said, I thought it actually would be even more money on the Chiefs publicly. I thought the, the spread would actually grow as the as the two weeks went on. But I guess that shows the respect that the, that the 49ers have. Yeah, and they've earned it. I mean, the 49ers mm-hmm. steamrolled and basically pushed around two two good teams. I mean, the the Vikings were a good team. Uh, the Packers were a a good team. I think although I think that the the disparity between the Vikings and the Packers in the final analysis isn't going to be that that great. Um, you know, we we we're, we're we're a little bit reluctant to be all in. I mean, I only had to be in all in on the Packers in the pick because they were my, you know, I was beholden to my Super Bowl. <laughs> I was beholden to my Super Bowl pick from before the season even started. Plus, I had already made the decision that I was just going to agree with you on your picks. But I would have had, I think I would have had the Packers uh, in those points anyways. And they just got completely dominated. The Almost the same way that the Vikings got dominated. I think there were more opportunities. It might sound weird, but even though the Vikings were only down 14 to 10 at halftime, I think the Packers had more opportunities to make some gains against the Niners, but the Packers kept shooting themselves in the foot. And, you know, they, uh, the, the turning point of that game for me was the, the Packers got to the 30 yard line and had that fumbled snap when yeah. they could have gone in and gone down 17, seven, um, right before halftime and then get the ball right after halftime. And if they're able to do anything with that and you get to 17, 10 or 17, 14, maybe we have a different game because I don't think the Packers actually played that bad of a game in the second half, uh, which was weird because they were more of a first half team this last year, but then by not getting, uh, by fumbling that ball at the 30 on, on a good drive, you know, they were actually making gains against that defense of the Niners and, by fumbling that snap, and then the and then the wheels just fell off. They end up going into halftime down twenty-seven to nothing, and you could have turned your TV off. Um, we didn't really talk a lot about the conference uh, championships in the last show. We said we'd kind of punt that one with honors and dishonors last week, but that was the moment that stood out to me at, in that game. And I know there's a lot of other moments that people could point to, but I think that the you knew I knew that game was over when there was the botched exchange and the Packers ended up turning the ball over as on a, what was at that point, a really impressive drive um, that they were putting together and it just all fell apart. It also didn't help that the Packers just absolutely could not tackle Raheem Mostert at all. No, not, it not wasn't even, even a little bit. It was the blocking. Yeah. The, the 49ers just pushed the Packers around. It reminded me, of the last time the Packers played the 49ers in the playoffs, when I believe that was the Colin Kaepernick ran for 183 yards, I believe. And yeah, I think the final statistic nobody was 170 of those were before contact. It was some, right. some insane number. And this felt that way. I mean, mm-hmm. there was, I mean, Mostert it wasn't like he was fighting through guys. Nobody touched him. He was just looking up and seeing grass in front of him and going, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I can run free here. Um, you know who else knew that game was over after that fumble? Aaron Rodgers knew that game was over after that fumble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looked like somebody <laughs> shot his puppy in front of him. He knew. He looked, you, know who he, you know what he looked like? He looked like Eli Manning. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Eli, yeah, well, I guess. Uh, but this was even more despondent than the typical Eli face. This was more like 
that was my last real chance at a ring, maybe. Um, it looked like it was just everything was going through Roger's head at that point. Like, this is not anywhere near what I thought was going to happen. Uh, that that was uh, that was dominant, and it was very much like the uh, earlier uh, San Francisco Green Bay game on Sunday night, where San Francisco just dominated the Packers uh, mostly at the line of scrimmage and just won the game up front in the trenches. And it was just I, I pointed out David Bakhtiari as my X factor, but I was kind of using him as a proxy for the entire. Green Bay Packers offensive line and saying if they don't stop Nick Bosa and the 49ers from storming down the the castle uh there's no chance it's it's not going to happen if they can't protect Aaron Rodgers and they didn't protect Aaron Rodgers and uh it was uh something where Rodgers had to gather the offense to sort of fight back uh after the the early deficit and was actually making some ground and like you said was was having a drive that where you got a little hope, like, okay, we got something going. We were doing some good things here. And then the, that fumbled snap uh, occurred and he, he just looked like somebody took his, his puppy right in front of him and put a hole in his head uh, because he knew that was, that was it. That was the, that was the big chance. And yeah, they did play better in the second half, little garbage time going on there, but uh, also Rogers sort of playing some hero ball and just sort of, all right, I'm going to give it my best effort here. Whether we can complete this comeback or not, I'm just going to play like uh, the Aaron Rodgers that I know I can and that I can play like. And he sort of had to go there because he wasn't right. getting help from his from his offensive line. He had to go almost Superman mode, um, and you know had, had a pretty good comeback. And you know you can only go what if 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 he'd have been able to play like that the entire game, but you know. Circumstances, man. It was uh, it was tough. Yeah, I I still think that the I, I thought the Packers gave the Niners more resistance than the Vikings did. Um, you know, I don't oh, think. God. I mean, Any, I watched anyone would have more resistance what the Vikings. Yeah, did. The Vikings never had a chance. I mean, they had one busted no. coverage touchdown to Stephon Diggs, but when you actually break it down and you look at the stats, like Kirk Cousins was, you know, he couldn't get away he was getting sacked repeatedly Aaron Rodgers only got sacked three times so three times against that defense I thought was was not too bad but you can't turn the ball over three times San Francisco had zero turnovers the Packers end up throwing two interceptions and having that 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 bone breaking exchange snap so you end up with three turnovers you can't keep giving this San Francisco team more opportunities and you know you find a team because you're hearing all this in the media the last couple of weeks about this matchup between Mahomes and, and Garoppolo. Cause well, Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't had to, he hasn't done anything in the postseason. He hasn't had to do anything in the postseason. Nope. If you know, Kyle Shanahan is not a, like if you, if you're beating somebody and if, if they can't stop the run, why are you going to stop running? Exactly. Just keep, and, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. They did the same thing to Minnesota. Uh, I don't, I, I mean, the, Jimmy Garoppolo has barely thrown the football since he threw that late second half interception in the division round against the Vikings. And then it was the Tevin Coleman show. And in this game, it was Raheem Mostert. I mean, the Packers give up 285 yards rushing. We knew the Packers were susceptible to getting gashed on the ground. I did not see that coming. Not at all. Not Uh, 285. The Packers, the end of the day actually outgained the Niners, they outgained them in time of possession. 
I mean, they statistically had a good football game, but three turnovers, and you couldn't stop the run. And that's why the Niners are in the Super Bowl. Three turnovers, and then the three sacks seems like a really small number, except Aaron Rodgers had made such a habit of getting rid of that ball anytime anyone was anywhere near him. So to actually get him down three times, that showed how dominant the pressure was for the 49ers to even get to him three times. He had been getting rid of that ball and just throwing it out of bounds and what, and he got pressured into the, into turnovers and he got pressured into three sacks. And when they weren't sacking him, they were all around him. They were just nipping him around at his heels the entire time. And yeah. it, it was, it was something where he could not uh, overcome that. Uh, especially when you consider what Raheem Moster was doing on the other side and the, the Niners refused to stop scoring on their on their end so uh they got it done uh when they had to as well and that's yeah that's two games in a row where the Niners didn't have to throw uh they're dominating on the ground like the Ravens dominated on the ground in the regular season the Niners are doing it in the postseason when it counts so uh nothing but credit and 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 nothing but praise for what uh, the San Francisco 49ers are doing uh in in their ground attack it does leave that opening, though. It does leave you uh, able to sort of point at Garoppolo and say, well, do we know what he's really capable of? Do we know what's going to happen when all the chips right. are on the table and, and, and in the in the crunch situations? Uh, but, you know, like you said, Kyle Shanahan doesn't care. He, he doesn't right. care if those questions get opened up. He's just going to keep running until somebody stops him, and then if someone stops him, he'll come up with something else. And we've seen, and we've seen the 49ers – in a shootout. I mean, obviously, and you've heard it in the media for two weeks, and I even immediately thought back to the New Orleans game. Game of the year. You know, game of the year, right? 48-46, I believe, was it? I believe so. That sounded about right, 94 points. Uh, but, no, that was a true straight-up, oh, yeah, watch this, offensive yep. masterpiece between Sean Payton and – Kyle Shanahan, but Jimmy Garoppolo, he, he balled out in that game. He did, and, and so, has and balled out of, before when asked to. Yeah, I mean, we're. I don't want to sell too short on Jimmy Garoppolo, even though we tongue-in-cheek named an award after him for the hype machine or renamed <laughs> an award in his honor. His starting record as a quarterback is, I mean, if he keeps at this pace, he'll be like all-time. No, that's true. Like I, just, I try not to twenty-one and five. I believe is a starting yeah. quarterback now in the NFL, which includes a couple of starts in New England. But that's pretty good. It is. I try not to put too much value on quarterback wins because he's only playing half the game. But no, he's uh, he's shown the the poise when he's had to. He uh, had that, like you said, the interception in the uh, division round game, and Shanahan said, "Okay, that's enough for that." and was able to shut that down and just rely on run and have the, the series where uh, they just ran the ball and didn't throw once and ran it all the way down the field for a touchdown. Um, and I believe did that again uh, against the Packers. Um, yeah. It, if you don't have to do anything else, uh, then, then why do anything else? Uh, it, it's, it's interesting that they're doing that the last couple of weeks with Tevin Coleman one week, and then he twists his shoulder out of, out of joint uh, so they have to go to Raheem Mostert uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago in the uh, conference title game. The best running back on that team at the beginning of the season, I believe, was Matt Breida. 
So they just got this guy in reserve yeah. sitting there all rested up and, and ready to rock and roll. Uh, he got hurt, so he, that's why he hadn't been playing much. Uh, but he's back now. And, yeah, if, if Mostert or, or Coleman, I don't know how much they're going to use Coleman tomorrow. I know he's cleared, but I, I can't imagine they're going to uh, use him too much the way he wrenched his shoulder in, in the in the game against the Packers. But they got this guy Brita, like I said. He's, you know, he's pretty damn good himself. Uh, it seemed like every time – they handed him the ball. He was breaking off, you know, big open field runs as well. He can he can take advantage of wide open grass as well. So uh, they got weapons in reserve that they they're not even using in the in the postseason. And like you said, they got Garoppolo that we know if they want to open that up and have him go downfield, he can air it out as well. Yeah. So good game. Um, probably after watching them dominate the Vikings the way they should have, if I had had a clearer head about the situation and not had a stake in getting a team all the way to the Super Bowl, I might have looked at that game a little bit more critically. Um, but, yeah, the 49ers absolutely, uh, they deserve to be there. So the Chiefs uh, with a double-digit victory over the Titans, but they opened up the game down 17-7 to as, as Tennessee and Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill were doing their thing, and the Chiefs for the second playoff game in a row say, okay, that's fine, whatever, and just rages a, a storming comeback, and, and yeah. you can't stop them. Once they get on the road, you, you cannot stop Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. They they really know how to rev it up when they have to. The Titans got some some tight britches. They, they, they got the tight sphincters in that game because you specifically, and we were both right on this one, and – I agreed with you and wanted to, to agree with you. Um, but we specifically, and you especially, went out of your way to crap all over the Titans' offensive coordinator or the guy, you know, the, as not being prepared for this type of a situation going up and facing that Andy Reid offense and Patrick Mahomes. And the Titans, who clearly rode Derrick Henry all the way to this game, just completely ghosted him about midway through the second quarter of that game. And I don't want to hear, because I've heard a lot about it, about the job that the Chiefs did bottling up Derrick Henry. It's really easy to bottle up the guy when they're not giving him the football. And, and up to a certain point of that game, he had 60, 70 rushing yards. He didn't have a ton of attempts. Yeah, the Chiefs had made a couple of plays, but that's the running game. You're not going to rip off 8, 10, 15-yard chunks on every play, unless you're the 49ers, because then you'll just do it all, all, you know, especially against the Packers all game long. But the Titans abandoned, completely abandoned the running game. And my estimation is there's only two teams in the NFL that could run their way back into a football game. Like you have a good enough running game that you can actually stay relevant in the game, even if you're losing. And that's the Titans and the Cowboys. Both of those teams have good enough running or Baltimore all three of those teams have good enough run games that you don't have to throw your way back into the game. And I think the Titans panicked and the chiefs just kept pouring it on and you just watch this thing just keep snowballing. So it was great that it was great that they came back, but all the things that had sort of gotten the Titans success early, which was leaning on Tannehill. He did make some nice plays. I don't think the chiefs expected that, but at that point, you needed to lean more on your running game. And I think that offensive coordinator got to his own head, thought, Oh, I have to win a shootout. And that wasn't the game that they needed to show up to play to win. Cause that wasn't the game that they showed up to win either the two weeks previous. 
And being an arrowhead in that environment, trying to go against Mahomes, I think that they called a horrible football game. Yeah, Arthur Smith, the the tight ends coach yeah. that they made the uh, the offensive coordinator, yeah. and and I can't even blame him that much as much as I crapped on him before the game. But yeah, you get in that situation, the the season's on the line, a, a shot to uh, to go to the Super Bowl is on the line, and you're leading on the road by ten, and all of a sudden here comes. Pat Mahomes uh, starts making all of his Superman plays and, and brings the Chiefs back and takes the lead. Uh, yeah, I I would kind of panic too if I were in his shoes and go, oh shit. Um, okay, let's let's start airing Tannehill out and and start trying to make all these aerial plays that we that he's made uh, a couple times all year, but not really you know all year long necessarily. Yeah. Uh, they they definitely panicked. They definitely saw Derrick Henry get stopped on a couple of runs, but, and, and just said, okay, well, he must be getting tired. Let's, let's start throwing all over the place. It didn't um, work. It, it didn't work, it, but I don't blame him. I, I probably would have done the same thing too, because yeah. you're in that. So if you go down uh, just slamming Derrick Henry over and over again, and he doesn't break through, uh, then you're thinking about the, the egg on your face. And you're thinking about, well, why didn't you try to throw your trailing? Why let's keep relying on the run? Um, it would be ignoring the possibility, the very real possibility that eventually on one of those runs, Derrick Henry was going to break through and, and do one of his patented 75 yard sprints that nobody can, can tackle him and bring him down. Uh, we'll never know. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a tough spot to be in, but yeah, it, it did kind of turn out the way uh, we both figured it would that uh, once the chiefs did what they're going to do and, and you're not going to corral that offense for too much longer uh, just ask the Houston Texans. Uh, once they finally open themselves up and unravel themselves, now it's on you to make the adjustments. And, okay, now how are we going to answer? And, yeah, the Titans uh, did not have the answer uh, offensively. Uh, they may have had the answer in Derrick Henry, but, yeah, like you said, they got off of that game plan really quickly because uh, the, the the dam was had broke and the, and the water right. was rushing through, and they had to make the decision, okay, well, we got we got to start throwing it up now to try to compete. And hang in there with the Chiefs, and as good a season as Tannehill had, he cannot compete with Pat Mahomes. You know, I got to say, and I'm not uh, probably the last place that you expected to find a basketball analogy effort up by me um, on this show, but the Kansas City Chiefs, the way they get on a roll, remind me of the Golden State Warriors of a few years ago. And the way that they would play, so up-tempo, shooting all the threes, the, the throwing up 30-footers, and they would just keep scoring and scoring. And, and you saw other teams that they were playing, because not everybody back when the Warriors were doing this sort of three-ball revolution in the NBA, nobody knew, nobody else could do that. Nobody else had devoted their entire offense around just shooting threes and blowing you out of the building and running you out of the gym. So you saw all these other teams would try to do that to keep up and then the floodgates would open up and here we go. And the next thing you know, they're on a, you know, a 21 to two run because they're just running you out of the building and shooting threes. And it's just it, it, a game that looked like it was close. And then all of a sudden you blink your eyes and you look up and it's a blowout. That's the chiefs. The chiefs can just do that because Mahomes is so good that he can light you up from anywhere on the field. I mean, it is, they're literally, the red zone is the whole field. Maybe, maybe 
you know, the the the, the in, outside of their own twenty yard line, that eighty yard stretch that's left of the field, it, that's the red zone. They are one play away on every drive from Mahomes doing something special and taking the top completely off your defense and blowing you out. So you change the way you are going to play football because you're worried about the other guy. And it's been amazing watching the way that Houston played scared. Houston was up 24 to nothing and looked afraid. <laughs> like they were afraid. Um, it's just, it was amazing, and, you know. And, and as a result, we're losing at halftime. Yes. Uh, the most dominant first quarter you've ever seen. <laughs> and then and we're losing by the half. Losing at halftime. Uh, and, and then the Titans, they get up 10 nothing, and it's, it's not enough. It's not enough. We have to keep up their pace instead of going in there and playing what made us successful. And I think that's sort of like the Mahomes trap. You know, I mean, we've, we've talked about, you know, Andy Reid, what's he had? He's had he's had Donovan McNabb, he's had Jeff Garcia, he's had Alex Smith, and then now he's basically playing like he got the keys to the Ferrari now. And that's sort of what makes this matchup so compelling to me is, you know, you can say all these great things about the 49ers, and they're running all over the Packers, and they play the great defense, that defensive line, but what they don't have is a guy who can score from anywhere on the field. Or a team that you think you've got them down, and the next thing you know, you blink your eyes, you look up, and you're losing. Wait, and what? It, it just, they're, they're up? Wait a minute. We were yeah. just up 20. <laughs> what? <laughs> so that's why. So there's your basketball. Hey, what analogy. happened? That, they remind me of those Golden State Warriors teams that were winning championships. No, I, I like the analogy a lot. You can't beat the Warriors by being the Warriors. You, you can't out-warrior the exactly. Warriors. So the the and, Niners' worst thing they could do in this game is try to be the Chiefs. Because you can't out-cheat the Chiefs. No, the the, Tex, the Texans tried, right? Sure. The Texans tried. That failed miserably. The Titans tried when they had really the best running miserably. back in the league. They tried to out-chief the Chiefs. And, and forget it. You, you, and we saw the results both times. So this is the trap you fall into is you understand, like, we're going up and we're playing this high-octane offense. Well, we're going to have to win a shootout. I, I don't think winning a shootout is the way you beat the Chiefs. You don't beat the Chiefs 51-47. to 47. I, No, it's really hard to imagine doing that. And uh, But the 49ers could have that confidence to think that they could do it, considering they went into the Superdome in the regular season, going again yes. back to the game of the year. And right. had a shootout with Drew Brees and the Saints and beat them uh, in the Superdome. So well, I, I, think they, point, if, I think they if, think they can beat anybody. Like if that. we thought that Kyle Shanahan against Sean Payton was fun, well, now we get Kyle yeah. Shanahan against Andy Reid. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, so. Definitely looking forward to that tomorrow, man. I, I've been ready for this one. Boy, howdy. You said before last week's show because um, I've been crapping all over you about how much pressure you're under for the last two weeks that you knew who you wanted right away. So it's very I interesting did. to me um, how this is going to look. Obviously, you have the pick because you are five points ahead of me. and I mean, four points ahead of four me. Four points. And we are and four points ahead of me. I can be five points. I can, I can play with the numbers no, and no, make no, myself no, no. five points ahead. No, no. You are four points ahead of me, and we are picking a five-point game. We have honestly, actually, honestly, in 30 years, we have had the exact same playoff scoring system. We haven't. We've changed the points, but it's always been two, three, four, five, forever. 
mm-hmm. um, which is funny. We're still using the same point system for all of that for 30 years. Now, you've tweaked it to make it more competitive because it was so uncompetitive for the first 10-ish years, um, just going straight off wins. And this is back in the old days. This is the pen and paper days where sometimes we would just miss a week or I wouldn't get the picks <laughs> to you for a certain game in time. I mean, so, you know, we had incomplete years uh, out of those first 20 before we started the blog. So it did yeah, happen. I remember the couple of years you were like in Montana and I couldn't get a hold of you before the game started. Well, yeah, because I'm know. trying to make my picks at 10 a.m., right? Yeah. Kickoff is 10 a.m. when you live out there, I believe, or 11 a.m. So there were days I would wake up and forget to get my picks to you. Um, and I didn't do it like the Schwab over at Yahoo and just, I picked that the other day. Uh, I meant to we, put it on Twitter. Have we, have we made some mileage off of that guy or what? Oh, man. Come on. That's all time. He should be in the Hall of Infamy. He might. It is quite infamous. That is very infamous when you make a pick the day after the game and go, that's what I was going to pick, but I forgot to put it on Twitter. He was out trick-or-treating with his kids, and he forgot uh, to put it on Twitter. But he had I would have had a lot I, more I respect if he would have manned up with a losing pick. <laughs> right. Right? I had the loser last night. Sorry, guys. I, I, I forgot I to get this up on Twitter. I would have come out on the wrong side of it. I guarantee you neither one of us would have gotten any mileage out of this. But he put up what he said would, was the winning pick that he would have had, yeah. that he had so, the winning pick. He just forgot to uh, let everybody else. I had just noticed that you had this as an hour show. Yeah. And I figure it's going to take you at least 15 minutes to talk <laughs> through this pick. So I might as well turn the floor over to you and actually let you get down to business here. I don't want this happening in the after show. So I'll, I will table any thoughts that I had left about the, 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 the loser teams or any of that until – until afterwards. And we've already started talking a little bit about the matchup, but uh, I might as well let you make your pick. I'm sure you've got notes and notes and reasons, and you're going to go back and forth and make me think you're going to one team, and then I'm going to go to the other team. It's like, whatever. I'm actually okay either side, but I am interested to uh, to hear what I'm up against tomorrow. Me and all my long-windedness, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, anytime and- you have the floor. You know, and you know you have a captive audience. I know. Um, Yeah, I actually know who I wanted uh, the Sunday night after the conference title games. And that is not to say that I think it's going to be a a slaughter one way or another. That's not to say that I just love this team to death and would pick them until the end of time. It's just, it just flashed to me which team I liked out of the two teams that wound up uh, with double-digit dominant victories in the conference title game. And it's, it's my pick. That's the pick that I wound up saying, yeah, that's the one I want. And I've stayed with it for two weeks. And that's going to be the, the team that I hang my hat on. Um, I, the most stress that I've had uh, in the two weeks is starting a Spanish class. So I haven't had any oh. worries. It has not been something where I've been thinking about the pick and going back and forth. I've had a few brief flashes of, well, am I making the right pick? But it hasn't lasted hey, long enough. Are we going to be doing a bilingual podcast? Uh, we might. Uh, I do have uh, footage of my uh, Spanish lessons, but I know we took all that Spanish when we were kids and whatnot, but I did record some of my first sessions uh, of trying to relearn some of the Spanish that I have, and I, I have some oh, recording of that. I know esta, esta sin, senorita. So I've been working on it. I've been trying to 
you know, and and all that, like I said, all that Spanish. It's amazing how much of that that I forgot. The six years of high school, two years of high school Spanish, and I open up the first page, I see all these words that I used to remember and used to the definitions, and I go, oh my goodness, I forgot all of this. Uh, I remember so the hell out of numbers. Like I could count. Right. I can count to a thousand in Spanish right now. If somebody asked me. To. <laughs> That's the one thing that I had the most confidence in as well was the counting, but everything else was, and even the counting was uh, some things that I'd forgotten uh, as far as the counting. It's not quite as uh, cut and dried as as I thought it was. There's, uh, it's not the, the the number and then e whatever. Uh, when you get up in the twenties and thirties and whatnot, uh, they they mm-hmm. you got the i in the middle there now. It's yeah. not venta. It's not venta e ocho. Know, yeah, I, yeah. I was, I'd was i forgotten about all of that completely. I remember that. <sighs> I must be a numbers guy. I know how to ask where the bathroom is, and I definitely know how to tell you all about how Juan skis in the mountains. <laughs> I That's the first sentence that I made sure that I memorized in, in Juan first grade. Juan in Los Batanas. <laughs> no, not that one. The, the going to the bathroom. Donde está el baño? Yeah. Donde está el cuarto de baño is the first sentence that I made sure oh, I, I memorized when I was like six, uh, because I knew that would be the most important thing to, to possibly remember. To but yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Um, but it's, it's, it's been memorable. Uh, but yeah, that's the biggest stress that I've had uh, in the last two weeks, because I've had my pick and I haven't really wavered on it. And it's going to be my pick, but it's not going to be something where I just say, if you got the other team, oh, you're an idiot. No. Both these teams are worthy. Both This is a great, yes. great matchup. Uh, the Chiefs and the 49ers, they are both deserving. They're, they're both uh, great teams, not just good teams. They're both great teams, uh, and, and I'm really looking forward to this game either way tomorrow. Uh, I can do the plugs real quick before I get to my notes. Uh Email the show, send that to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. Uh, on Twitter, I am at IMLDDre. Jason is at IMLDJTG. Uh, this show will be up as a podcast after we're done with it. And this is an hour long live, but uh, we have an after show usually as well after our live portion. If you want to hear the whole show, uh, the live portion and the after show, you can come back to the show page, blogtalkradio.com slash inmuchlessdetail. You can subscribe to the show on different podcasting apps. You can go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to us there as well. And if you do that, then the whole show will be uploaded to you after we're done recording it. And our pick will be up uh, after the show. You can check that out tomorrow. Uh, And all our picks since 2011 are up. They're all up at our blog. The blog site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. For the first time possibly since 2013, I'm about to go down to Jason on these picks on our blog. That's if I pick the loser or uh, we we got the push in play. I can get a push and I can pick the winner and I'll be in the clear. But if I pick the loser, then Jason will be the winner this season. And the one... The the one thing that we have on the line for our uh, contest has always been just bragging rights, uh, but now with the podcast, we've got the very small consolation prize that the winner always has the option, if they want, of choosing the theme music for the show for the next season. So that's on the line. So 
if you haven't liked the, the selections of theme music the last six years, you can blame me for that because I've been the one winning and making the decisions on that. But if Jason wins, he'll be able to once again choose yeah. uh, the theme song. He's only been able to choose one theme song for the show. It was a very good selection many, yeah, I was gonna say, many years ago. The theme ago. song that I picked when I won that first season, we used for years. I believe it was called I Don't Know by Grapes. Grapes. Yeah, we used that song for probably half the run of this podcast already, like three or four years. We, we used that for a long time. So, yep, it was really I haven't good. won often, but I when I do, I pick quality. So, we'll see who which one of us wins the I'll just Super have to Bowl win pick. and then put, use that song again just to <laughs> bring Graves back. <laughs> uh, making so we'll Graves see. great again. There you go. The Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers, they're both 7-1 and one on the road this season in the regular season, so uh, the neutral site seemingly will not be a factor there. Very evenly matched. Clean injury, injury reports for both teams. Uh, Tevin Coleman was the big question because of what he did to his shoulder in the conference title game, but he has yes. been cleared. Um, he apparently has made some miraculous recovery. I got a feeling we're not going to see all that much of him because that, sh- that shoulder injury was kind of gruesome. So uh, that's great and inspirational that he's been able to be clear, but I don't expect to see much of him. Uh, Ian Rappaport was reporting that Shady McCoy might be a healthy scratch tomorrow for the Chiefs as far as their running backs because they've gotten uh, unforeseen production out of Damian Williams in the in the playoffs, so they don't really – need Shady McCoy anymore. So, but other than that, it's, it's clean. Everyone else is healthy, apparently, and, and ready to rock and roll. Uh, the spread, like I had been talking about earlier, seemingly was going to be uh, one and a half by the time we get to this pick because it had been one from what I've been looking at for uh, the past week and a half, and then it went up to one and a half, maybe around Wednesday or Thursday. But I just refreshed the screen again on the uh, free handicapping site at covers.com, and it's still minus one. It's still uh, San Francisco uh, receiving a point against Kansas City. Um, and again, I uh, the one website, I think it may have been, the, I'm following covers on Twitter, I think it was even them, uh, said that in between the conference title games that the Chiefs would be a, a three-point favorite over the, the 49ers if San Francisco won and a four-point favorite over Green Bay if Green Bay won. I wonder if the Niners had uh, had, had a close game against Green Bay and you know slipped out of that conference title game a lot tighter uh, than they did. I wonder if that would have affected this spread. I wonder if that's just people seeing two teams dominate the conference title games, they go, okay, it's got to be an even matchup. We can't uh, put too much money one way or another. Uh, Like I said, I think it's dangerous to put that much value maybe in one game. Uh, This is the two best tight ends in football. So that's certainly the, almost the first thing that jumps out when you kind of look at this matchup on paper is you almost guaranteed to get a great game out of Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Um, In fact, they're, uh, Matchup the last time they played was not this regular season, but last year in week three, and it was actually a, a, a very important game for several different reasons. Uh, Chiefs won 38 to 27 over the 49ers uh, in week three at Arrowhead, 
Uh, they dominated the game. They led 35 to seven in the second quarter. So uh, they may not have to start off from behind and try to rally. They, uh, they dominated the 49ers last year. They didn't have to rally in that one. Uh, Pat Mahomes had a, a great game, 314 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, both teams leading receivers were the tight ends, Kittle uh, and, and Kelsey. And it actually wouldn't surprise me at all if that was the case tomorrow as well. Uh, Mahomes had one of those crazy zigzag backwards and then throw a touchdown type plays. He's uh, He's got that creativity. Everybody knows that. This is a very important game because Jimmy Garoppolo, if you remember, Jay, uh, very late in the game tried to scramble and cut back inbounds instead of going out of bounds when he should have. Mm-hmm wound up getting jacked up by Steven Nelson and, and hurt his leg, tore up his uh, left ACL and ended his season. Um, and we talked a lot about that at the time that it happened. Like, just, why are you hurting your team like that? Get out of bounds. Don't try to be a hero. Well, guess what? That allowed the Niners to suck last year, led to a <laughs> shit record at 4-12, and 12, allowing them to draft Nick Bosa. Oh, was that the Nick Bosa play? Jimmy G, he's so smart. <laughs> What a leader, huh? Takes he one, took one for, for the, the team. team. Gets jacked up and tears up his ACL <laughs> so the Niners can suck and draft Nick Bosa. He saw all of this before and anyone else did. That's that leadership you learn under Tom Brady. That's what that is. Um, yeah, that's uh, uh, an unbelievably big deal when you think about the history and the of, of the 49ers and, and the trajectory that they could have been on instead of turning in a, a eight and eight, nine and seven last year. Uh, that's how important Bosa has been. He's been a, a game changer. That defensive line was really good before he got there. And now it's, it seems to be damn near unstoppable with him. Um, of course, I joke about the, uh, you know, the importance of, of losing and, and getting Nick Bosa, but you know, he's pretty, pretty damn important. He's a, he's a really, really great player, it seems, already. Uh, him and his brother are uh, unbelievable the way they've come into the league. Uh, the 49ers don't really trail over, and, and that's time by Kansas City. They can come back against anybody. So that's another angle of the, of the matchup to see uh, who's going to start off hot, who's going to come out with a big lead. Will either one of them get a really big lead on the other, or are they just going to go uh, up and down, back and forth? like that Niners game uh, uh, in New Orleans. San Fran can win with Garoppolo in a shootout, and so that New Orleans game proved that. The playoffs just make it seem like he's a total bystander, but uh, don't don't take that for granted. Uh, Shanahan is, is really good at getting him involved when he has to. Uh, the uh, PFF podcast was pointing out that both coaches, Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid, they both got something to prove here. Uh, Shanahan, 28-3, still looms uh, as the uh, Falcons' offensive coordinator. So he's got that monkey on his back. Andy Reid, Donovan McNabb in that Super Bowl, still looms. He's got that monkey on his back. That's the closest he's been to a title all these many years. And he's finally back in the Super Bowl and trying to overcome uh, his previous failure with the Eagles. But do you know has do you know who has fond memories of that Super Bowl? <laughs> that would be me. You. That would be me, because that was the garbage time touchdown Super Bowl, and we've told that story many times. But I have very fond memories yeah. of the last time Andy Reid coached in the Super Bowl, so maybe we get a little bit of that again. 
Um, I'll definitely be watching that Kansas City speed. It, it's otherworldly. Uh, it might be the only way the Chiefs can beat the 49ers pressure up front is just keep getting guys open very quickly uh, on, on stick routes over the middle uh, up to the sideline. Uh, and Tyreek Hill can man, can rip Richard Sherman anytime. And Sherman's been unbelievable in his, in this sort of second act. But raw speed, you know, there's, there's not much you can scheme up and, and do about that. So I think – I don't know how many times they're going to try Tyreek Hill to just burn Richard Sherman, just go right past him. But I think they can do it several times. I think they can have him try that – three, four, five times and and just keep bombing away on him and eventually it's going to crack because uh, as great as Sherman is, he can't keep up with Tyreek Hill. Very few people can, of course. Uh, will, will Andy Reid stay aggressive and not choke late? Uh, as I'm starting to choke a little bit here, I got to take a pause for the cause. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why this uh, has been happening more and more where I get, I start going on and get, uh, start to choking up a little bit and my voice starts to go. But it's one of those things. I got my drink here. I hit the mute button and take a drink and eventually my voice starts to come back. There's probably some voice warming up exercise I need to be doing that I, that I don't do. But anyway, um, will Andy Reid stay aggressive and choke uh, and not choke? And will Kyle Shanahan stay aggressive uh, and not choke because you can look at that running as, as you know, well, oh, that's great. He keeps running and, and he's going to run until somebody stops him. Uh, and you can look at it the other way, man, he doesn't really trust his quarterback at all. He's going to uh, just keep running. And no matter what happens, he's just going to keep running because he doesn't trust uh, Garoppolo right now. And we really don't know until uh, they get to, to crunch time we don't know how much he trusts uh, Garoppolo right now and how much he doesn't. Um, some uh, interesting stat from the uh, Around the NFL podcast, they talked about negative plays by each quarterback when you talk about interceptions, fumbles, and sacks taken and ball that up into one number. You would, you might think both these quarterbacks are really close in that number, and surprisingly you'd be wrong because Pat Mahomes had 25 negative plays over the course of the regular season and Jimmy Garoppolo had 59. So that's a huge part of Mahomes' game is whatever trouble you think you have him in, he just seems to just find his way out of it and figure out how to how to escape, how to buy time for himself, how to make plays that nobody else can really make. Andy Reid off a bye sort. I know it's not really a bye, but Andy Reid with two weeks to prepare. Um, I stand for Andy Reid. I think everybody who listens to this show knows that. I've been uh, a big fan of his. I think he's uh, a great offensive mind. I think he's going to go into the Hall of Fame someday. And I think this game might make the difference between whether it's uh, where we hear a speech from him, induction, or whether it's posthumous, because I can see them kicking it down the road until he uh, unfortunately passes away if he doesn't have a ring. Um, and eventually inducting him. But I think if he wins this game tomorrow, then it's a slam dunk that they'll in, uh, induct him while he's still alive. But, you know, I've been a, a fan of his weird geometry, and, and I just think that he's absolutely one of the best minds in football. He's going against Kyle Shanahan, who's 
one of the best minds in football as well, but Reed has been doing it for so long. Uh, and I probably just want to see him do it just uh, because I've been such a fan of his and because I think he's so deserving. And that negative play stat really kind of says it all for me. Pat Mahomes just doesn't get rattled. He never lacks confidence that he's just going to make it happen no matter what the situation is. His coach definitely trusts him. We, like I said, we don't quite know how Shanahan feels ultimately about Garoppolo when it's crunch time. Uh, may not be the case, uh, may not have all the trust. Uh, the Niners' defense can stop any potent offense, but the Chiefs seem to rally and stop some dangerous runners uh, in the playoffs. Uh, Carlos Hyde and Deshaun Watson in the, the division round. Derrick Henry, obviously, last week or a couple weeks ago in the uh, conference finals. Uh, I, I do say I'm afraid of the Chiefs getting gashed on the ground. They can absolutely get over. Uh, and I can see either side. If, if you love the 49ers, whoever you are listening, I understand that. The 49ers are a hell of a team. It should be a very dramatic game. I don't see a blowout either way. Uh, but I just like the Chiefs. I, I stand for Andy Reid, and I like the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going KC uh, in a pretty wild one, 34-29. Wow. Uh, interesting. Well, I've, I told you that I have had my pick – that I've felt mostly strongly about for the last two weeks. And, uh, and if I had the lead and I was going to make a pick in this game, I would have the San Francisco 49ers. And this is very interesting that you're getting who you want and giving me exactly who I've wanted for the last two weeks and the way our postseasons have gone. Maybe that's a good thing for me. Um, although mine hasn't been dramatically better, <laughs> um, but one is all I need. And uh, no, I, my, when I look at this game, I love everything that you said because it's all correct and accurate about the, uh, about the Kansas City Chiefs. When I look at the Niners, though, I see a team that can beat their opponent in more ways. I really think that the Chiefs have one way to win, and that's Patrick Mahomes and he goes crazy, which they very well may do. And if Andy Reid calls the proper game, and Patrick Mahomes has the game of his life in the Super Bowl, that will happen. But I look at the 49ers, that they can run, they can throw, they can win with defense, they can get pressure on the opposing quarterback with just four guys. They have a deep defensive line, so they have guys who they can bring in to replace the guys who are their starters when they're getting winded and keep coming after you. You know, we talk about that 28-3 to Super Bowl, that front line of the – Falcons ran out of steam. I don't see the 49ers running out of steam. This is a team that can move the line of scrimmage. We have seen them do it to the Vikings and the Packers. Uh, Both teams, I believe, defensively are better than the Kansas City Chiefs are, and the 49ers just completely muscled their way through both of those teams. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Mahomes will be under pressure without the other team having to blitz and we saw the greatest team of all time that never won a Super Bowl, the almost perfect Patriots lose when they were scoring 40 points a game, but they couldn't keep Michael Strahan and OCU Minora and, and Justin Tuck. They couldn't keep those guys off of Tom Brady and they ended up losing a Super Bowl and hardly scoring any points. And if there's a team I think that's equipped to match that offense I think it's the San Francisco 49ers. There's just too multiple, too many ways that they can win this football game, or I think the Chiefs have to win the game one way. They're not going to win it by running. 
They're not going to win it by playing defense. They have to literally, they have to score 40 points, I think, to win this game. I think the 49ers win, and I think this ends up being a lot lower, lower scoring than people end up thinking. I'm thinking a game more along the lines of 27-21. No argument either way for me. I can see it either way. X-Factors and more when we come back. And now into our VIP after show program. I'm a man of my word. I said I'm not going to have a problem either way with anyone's pick. I have no problem with the score being lower. I I have no problem with any of it. I I think it's really going to be a really, really good game. That's my side is is the Chiefs side, and your side is the 49ers. And that's great. I'm not going to talk any shit about your side either way. I can't talk shit about the 49ers because of how good they've been. So, yeah, we're going to go head-to-head with the teams that we both want. Uh, Who's your X-Factor for the Super Bowl? You do this for 30 years, and over the years, we have both been saddled with teams in the Super Bowl that we didn't want, right? Yep. We we, we talked about that with the the, the, the one I just alluded to, the Patriots-Eagles Super Bowl. I wanted the Eagles the same as you wanted the Eagles, but not only was I saddled with the – I mean, you wanted the Patriots like you, but I was saddled with the Eagles because you took the Patriots – so I created a scenario that I was going to win the pick, <laughs> and I'm going to win this pick, and I'm going to win it. I'm going to win it on a garbage time touchdown, and I believe that was was that Greg Lewis. It was uh, on a just a absolute beautiful over the top bomb from Donovan McNabb that cut that from a ten point game to a three point game, and that was what the final ended up being. And the Patriots were what five or six point favorites probably maybe even less in that Super Bowl um and I ended up winning the whole season um but I took a lot of comfort from the fact that not only did I had to oppose you even though I didn't want to at least I picked the manner of my victory um I had a few yeah I, I was sitting here when you were about to start talking and I was like okay he's got He's got the time. He's going to make the pick. And I'm just sitting here. Don't pick the Niners. Don't pick the Niners. Don't pick the Niners. <laughs> but then, but then I'm also, you know, I'm, I've been thinking this all week for the last two weeks now. Like if you did take San Francisco, I wouldn't feel bad about having the chiefs. I mean, cause you're giving right. me Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So you're giving Can't me feel the, bad probably, either side. yeah, you're probably giving me the best player in football. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Lamar Jackson had a great year, but Patrick Mahomes missed time. Right. I mean, if Mahomes was there all year, he would have been he would have gotten MVP votes that he would have deserved, probably deserved a few anyways. But he got hurt and he missed some time and he came back rusty and, you know, it hurt his numbers. But you watched what he's done here through the playoffs. And, oh, yeah, that, that guy. That's why he's the best, best player in football. So, yeah, I'm not going to argue with your pick either. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm taking the Niners because I think you're full, your, your pick is shit. I mean, when I said it's a 60 40 thing, that's really how it feels. Right. Yeah, argue however you want about MVP this year and who's the best player in football right now. But we both, I think, agree that Pat Mahomes is the best player taking the field tomorrow. Yes. No, and we both gave – you you both agreed that I had Lamar Jackson was my MVP. You gave him the award as the shit. But just because you're – I don't think the MVP is always the best player in the league. Lamar Jackson was the best player in the league this season. This year. (laughs) Right. Yes. And he had an edge up over Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes got hurt and came back and didn't play up to his potential. He had, they came back and they lost that uh, 
track me to the Titans, you know, right away. You're gonna, so you're going to have these things in your mind. And we did, we did unfortunately, have to see a lot of – way more than we wanted to see of Matt Moore uh, guiding that offense this year. And I talked and about he, that. He couldn't run the football, and now he can run. Everybody's yeah. healthy. That's, this is the one thing, and they pointed that out as we were about to go into the pick. There's yep. nothing really staring at you on either side. Like, oh man, they're missing, they're missing that guy. You know, I, I look back at that uh, Super Bowl, but go back to that twenty-eight to three Super Bowl, and you realize that you know the Falcons blew that lead. They didn't have their best cornerback mm-hmm. for the whole game. So you, not only are you up, but now you're forcing the other team to throw the ball to get back into the game. And oh yeah, the the best guy that you have to play the pass, he's not there. Nobody's got that. Nobody's missing that obvious guy right now. And, you know, we're talking about guys being healthy scratches. We're talking about LaShawn McCoy. Just, hey, hey, we don't need him. <laughs> we're, we're good. Uh, yeah. I don't think the Chiefs will be able to run the football at all. This will be the Patrick Mahomes show. And if the, if I go down because Patrick Mahomes plays one hell of a game, and I'm not going to have any shame in losing with you being right on that pick. And they're like, oh, man, damn it. You know, this sucks. I lost that pick because Patrick Mahomes is – Plays, can play ungodly football. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cry over it because um, I would deserve that. And if I win the pick on the Chiefs, I'm, I'm sorry, with the Niners, hey, that's who I wanted. I just, I've had them all, all at work for the last two weeks. You know, it's funny we talked about the publics and the sharps. I'm on the sharp side. You're on the public side. There you go. Pat, but Patrick Mahomes running. You say you don't think the Chiefs are gonna run very, for very much. Pat Mahomes running is a huge part of his game. It's part of why he's been playing so well. It's not just the throwing. It's not just making daredevil plays. It's the fact that his legs are back. His kneecap is back in place. His ankle is feeling good. Uh, I talked about that previewing the Titans uh, Chiefs game is in the regular season. That was Pat Mahomes first game back after he got his kneecap slid in the wrong place. And he didn't run at all. He, He just had, it was just all arm, and he almost beat the uh, the Titans with all arm. He did not run at all in that game. Pat Mahomes has his legs back right now. You've seen it in the playoffs. It's not just the arm. It's also the, the leg. He's damn near unstoppable with his legs back. He's been the leading rusher for the Chiefs for both playoff games. Uh, as as decent as, as uh, Williams has been playing, Damian Williams, Mahomes is the the leading rusher and the leading passer. Mahomes is the the man. He is the MVP. He is the best player on the field tomorrow. Uh, and and I'm happy to take the best player on the field. Uh, but again, the Niners are such a great team that I'd have no problem with anyone taking them. And the Niners' defense and Robert Sala's defense uh, tasked with the challenge of stopping the best player on the field. That's what the Super Bowl is all about. That this is one of the best, just pure strength versus strength Super Bowl matchups that we've seen in, in recent memory. So I'm very, very excited and looking forward to it. Right. Um, also, a lot of statistics out there that will tell you that in the Super Bowl, elite defenses will beat elite offenses. Well, it certainly was the trend for, for a long time. I had those numbers that I have uh, did not total all, the, all of them up. because you didn't that trend dig those up for busted. this matchup. No, the, that trend got uh, kind of messed up in the last couple of years. It was just you could bet on it. You could bank on it uh, yeah. a few years ago. And now the offense has gotten so good in the NFL that you can over 
overcome and overrun an elite defense and win a championship uh, and win playoff games with an elite offense. So uh, it's not quite the slam dunk that it used to be. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, Now I'm excited for the Super Bowl. I got the, I got the team that if I'm going to win this whole thing, I got the team I wanted to have. So. And who was your X factor for this game? Uh, you know, it's I, I don't like going obvious on the X factor, but it ties into a storyline that I jumped onto in the middle of the season, and you'll understand as soon as I hey say it who it is. But for me, it's Emmanuel Sanders, who was the best pickup in the at, in the in the trade deadline, the best trade deadline acquisition as voted on by me was Emmanuel Sanders when everybody was saying that, oh, no, 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 it's Mohamed Sanu, it's Mohamed Sanu, he's going to the Patriots, or giving Tommy another weapon, and you and I got on the <laughs> show right after, and I gave you the, that's a bunch of crap. Why are we not talking more about Emmanuel Sanders going to the 49ers and giving Jimmy Garoppolo that weapon? And he has been there when they have needed him in the passing game, when the Niners have needed to throw. He has had huge games. And if they're going to, if the Niners are going to win, they're going to have to get production out of that passing game sometime in the game. I'm going to call it Emmanuel Sanders. Very veteran receiver, very good possession receiver. He's been the guy that Garoppolo has been missing in that offense. Uh, When he's needed somebody to get that third down catch, when he's needed somebody to uh, get that intermediate play. Uh, right. he's, he's been absolutely a, a, a huge pickup. Certainly and that's his, more I, impactful I, than Thomas. That's his one target that's actually got this experience. Yes. I mean, yeah, Manuel they, you, been there. If you remember the receiving core that they started the season with, they tried to make a number one receiver out of Dante Pettis. That was an abject failure. Um, <laughs> uh, They've got the rookie Debo Samuel, who at times has looked like an absolute monster, uh, but still inconsistent. He's a rookie, you know. You there's some games where he kind of disappears, but uh, yeah, they really had nobody. They had George Kittle uh, and and guys really uh, at the beginning of the year, and Sanders has definitely slotted right in as that that sort of second weapon and uh, the the really veteran guy that you need to go to when you really need a catch. He's, he's the guy that Garoppolo knows how to, how to target. Right. So now that you look at that receiving core that they're fielding tomorrow, it's so different, right? It's Kittle and it, it's it, you know, Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders. And they sort of revamped that thing. Plus they're coming at you with all the running backs. So Yeah. Uh, Sanders is the guy with the experience. I think they're going to have to. Kittle's obviously the best receiver on both times, but both field, both sides of the ball. It's the both teams. It's the tight end is the best offensive player outside the quarterback on both teams. But somebody on the outside is going to have to be making plays, and if the 49ers are going to do it, that's the guy I got to go with. So, did you give yours? I, I did not. I was like um, <laughs> overwhelmed there for a moment. <laughs> um, mine ties into what you're just talking about is uh, other weapons, outside weapons, and, and team speed. And again, my main factor for taking the four, uh, the Chiefs over the 49ers is 
the speed of the weapons that the Chiefs have is so otherworldly. It's so much different than than every other team. Tyreek Hill can run by anybody, and and I really do think he's going to light up Richard Sherman a a couple times tomorrow. Uh, My X factor is uh, just pure blinding speed, someone that you may even not even think about or not uh, really realize that he's even there. I'm going with the rookie, Miko Hardman. I knew where you were going as soon as you said blinding speed. Yeah, he can fly by anybody too. 704 uh, kickoff return yards. He had a KO return for a touchdown this season. 538 yards receiving and six receiving touchdowns. Over 20 yards a catch, which is damn good. Just blinding speed. Uh, You don't even know that he's there. Like You're busy trying to keep up with Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and and looking for uh, Damian Williams out of the backfield, and all of a sudden here comes this flash out of the you know, out of the right side and, and going around the corner and running a, a jet sweep or lining up in the slot and you forget he's even there. And next thing you know, he's just absolutely going to the house. And you're like, holy shit, who is that? Uh, Miko Hardman can absolutely change the game with, with his speed. And that's my X factor. All right. Yeah, no, I, I like that. So, you know, and when you look at these uh, crazy plays that Mahomes makes, especially if he breaks containment, um, that's the guy he's been throwing. Obviously, it's the deep threat, but that's the guy who's been that's the guy who's been down there catching all these deep balls. That's how you end up with a twenty yard per reception <laughs> average. And yeah. if, if we talk about that, you know, once he gets across his own twenty yard line, he's in the red zone. When he's getting these seventy, seventy five, you know, sixty yard touchdown passes, quite a few of those big plays were to Hardman this year. And again, we talked about this in honors and dishonors last week about all this rookie wide receiver production this year, which is, I think, the probably the most productive. And I don't have any numbers, but it is easily the most productive crop of rookie wide receivers I think I have ever seen. And I completely concur. I mean, it's not just like one guy show up on the scene. I mean, the list is just, I mean, we went down that draft and you're getting into the fourth round and the fifth round and there's just just production everywhere, except for J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Slam on him. Keep slamming on him. I'm dunking on that poor kid. (laughs) Again. (laughs) I just love dunking on him. We have a poster of me dunking on him. Your auto at the bottom and everything, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All those guys, except for him and and uh, uh, the idiot in New England that didn't do anything. Oh, Nikhil Harry, but, I give him a bit yeah. of an incomplete though. <laughs> right, he um, missed the first half of the year. Well, the, the Patriots just refused to draft good wide receivers. <laughs> you know, you almost are left wondering, like, are these receivers bad, or do they just not mesh with? with Brady because he's so in his system. Yeah. But if you can't run an arrow route for him three yards away, then you're no good to him. Right. But that's all. Yeah. So these guys who they draft are the first to be these guys like these, like Randy Moss replacements. And that's not Brady's game anymore. No, not even close. So what they need to be drafting are like, they needed to draft DK Metcalf. That's what they needed. 
big power forward who just block, block out and box out everybody. You got it. That's what Brady needed. They they needed a big body like a Gronk replacement, and they didn't get that. They got a guy who was probably a good defense. Like if Brady leaves, I guarantee you whoever <laughs> the quarterback is for the Patriots next year and Nikhil Harry light it up. Right, Nikhil Harry would be a, a Pro Bowler under random quarterback X. Yes, <laughs> yeah, because he's not like he's not like. Uh, Oh God! Who's the kid from the Bears who got overdrafted and kept getting hurt? He's not like that. Fucking White, yeah, Kevin yeah, White. White. I forgot his name, uh, first name, but Ugh. you know, sorry to bring this up. I, I don't mean to dig up bad Bears draft history. Kevin White, God. and I knew he was going to be a failure too. Ugh. yeah, just jumped way up the draft board because he had a good workout. He's a workout monster. But you can say How the same thing are... this year though about DK Metcalf. He did the same thing. But he didn't jump up to like the eighth pick of the draft. <laughs> Sometimes the workout monster has some success, and uh, Metcalf <laughs> isn't, you know, an, an all pro, but he absolutely no, showed some. He flashes. will be. He will be. No, he, he's he's got a very good, very bright future. But a lot of those workout monsters are just complete busts, because yes. if you haven't done it on the field then why would anyone believe you're going to do another field now yes. that you've shown some, some great workout traits? I mean, if you didn't <laughs> do it... Actually, I, last time I checked, you're being drafted to play football, not, not to work do, out. do the, the cone run or the shuttle run or the 40. Yeah, they don't give you points for jumping up higher than everybody else. Yes, hitting all those little sticks. Yeah, that that, that doesn't count. You mean to... Oh. No, no, don't give me any points you, for that scored a touchdown, you had to run and you got extra points for jumping up and hitting those sticks. But that would actually get any... Kevin White scored a touchdown. Exactly. Well, we're dunking. Man, now you're dunking. Uh, you brought him up. Fuck. That I guy. did. Ugh. I did. Sorry. Because that's just, yeah, just... I, I think of rookie wide receiver busts. And that's like... <laughs> Jumps right to mind. Out of, yes. <laughs> Kevin White jumped right to mind. (laughs) If I said to you, hey, rookie wide receiver busts, you'd probably have him on the list. (laughs) Kevin White. Curtis Conway. (laughs) You know, Curtis Conway had a production. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't terrible. He was not Kevin White bad. No. So I am going to give Nikhil Harry, I'm giving Nikhil Harry an incomplete. I am not giving... J.J. Arcega white side and incomplete <laughs> because he played all year. How many catches? 12? <laughs> 10, 12, something like that. It was low. It was under 15, <laughs> above 10. It was bad. <laughs> and then when it came time for that man to step up and you made him your X factor in that wild card uh, game, he threw K-O-D. up K.O.D. Literally, literally threw up the goose. He played. We think. He wasn't. He wasn't DNP old. He played in the game. He was spotted on the field and threw up a zero. One target, no receptions. Can't really be for sure that he played because he didn't produce anything. So hey, think he about this. There. He got paid to do that. <laughs> I could have done that. I, I could have oh. stood out there and done nothing. See, now you got me dunking on him. Jeez. 
Drag me that was in. Now we're just alley-ooping on the poor kids. <laughs> now we're just from passing it back and line. forth. Up. That's right. You're just throwing it up to me from the three-point line, and I'm just hammering it home on this poor kid. Oh, another Dragging the nuts oh across God. his face. <laughs> <laughs> when will the madness stop? Oh, man, we are not his fans. You know what, though? We've done some pretty bad. Look, remember when we've done so bad on Jared Goff? He turned out to be a quality <laughs> professional. Boy, what a change of coach will do to you, huh? <laughs> oh, you mean uh, Jeff Fisher? Yeah. Melvin Gordon, after he had the disastrous rookie campaign, turned into be a solid pro, so maybe there's hope. Because it used to be, if you remember the first four or five years of this show, like being worst rookie of the year was like the death sentence. Like your career was over. Yeah, there was no bouncing back. But you, uh, Johnny Manziel, did not come back. back. <laughs> you don't Johnny come back. Football. Johnny football. I forgot he exi- You know, Baker Mayfield makes you forget Johnny football ever existed because that's how terrible oh, he's been his first. You know, but Baker Mayfield's such a sideshow. <laughs> what did he say this week? He's he's not going to respond to any more outside criticism. I okay, I want to I want to see that. Because yeah. he seems to be one of those guys who can't help. Internal it. criticism, statistically worse in every <laughs> measurable category. Uh, but you're an outsider, so it doesn't matter what you say. He's oh. not listening to you anymore. Sorry, but that yep, that's, no outsiders. That's what he needs to be hearing internally. Yeah, he, he with needs the same OC, with the same guy that you had elevated to coach and more offensive talent on your team, you got worse in every measurable. Category, like you said, filming except too many for, commercials. Except for right? commercials, you went way up in those. <laughs> uh, exponentially, you know, Dak Prescott went up in a lot of commercials too. But uh, he 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 had to overcome that coach of his. He put together a contract year. Dak Prescott had a damn good year. Dak uh, Prescott just... put together a contract string of fourth quarter garbage time football. <laughs> yes. I will give you that. Statistically, he had a phenomenal season. I would just like to see his breakdown of just his fourth quarters against no, what he, he was a, doing for the first three quarters. He, he had a lot of good full games, but also when he was getting blown out, he made sure in the fourth quarter he got his numbers no matter what. He oh, definitely yeah. made sure yeah, of that. Yeah. The Cowboys are getting completely housed. He had 200 yards in the fourth quarter, though. To finish his 275. (laughs) Dunking on Dak Brother. We're dunking on everybody. (laughs) It's the last show of the year, you know. We get one more recap show for football. We're about to get football completely out of our system. So we're just, we're just like tomahawking, you know, dunks down on these guys now. We're throwing them down from every How did all this basketball creep up into this show? I, I don't know. Uh, probably the Kobe thing. We've been inundated with Kobe you know, stuff last, all week. Well, last, yeah, okay. Is it too much yet? Or well, For me, getting, but that's my taste. Do, for for I, my I, taste, now, yeah, it's too much. Yeah, I, I claim to be cynical about something that I guess I wasn't overly cynical about a few shows ago. I'm going to be really cynical right now <laughs> and chalk this up to all this Kobe stuff is just because it's a slow news week. Mm. Uh I don't. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I think in the sports world, this would have dominated everything anyway. I for think this maybe, long, because it's still going. I know, but see, 
so the Lakers couldn't do their little uh, tribute last night. They did it last night. They couldn't do it the first game that they had a chance to because they were still so broken up that they canceled that game. So this could have been uh, – I, I feel like that was sort of the Dakota was last night the Lakers had their tribute and LeBron gives a speech and all of that. Uh, they could have done that Tuesday when they had a game scheduled against the Clippers, but they canceled that game. So I think that would have gone a long way because I don't because you know ESPN and everybody they're not hanging out at Staples Center last night waiting for that game and waiting for that first uh, tribute since the Kobe death because that would have already happened. So it's I don't think it would have been dragging out to the end of the week had they done it on Tuesday. So that part of it. Um, but yeah, as far as the, the sports world, I, I think it really did explode like that. I think also. Uh, NBA All-Star Weekend coming up and all the different things that they uh, uh, introduced that are, that's going to uh, honor Kobe at the All-Star Game and the scoring system and all of that stuff. Uh, that, ke- that kept it in the news uh, another day as well. Uh, if not, if for nothing else, then people scratching their head and going, okay, explain this again. They're going to do what now? They're going to the first team to score more than 24 in the fourth quarter than the other team win? Huh? What? what? It's so convoluted. Um, well, it'll take them yeah, about but, three minutes to do that in the NBA now. But but for me, yeah, this is uh, over the top. And, it's already, and, and I'm not a Los Angeles guy, so that's a part of sure. it, I believe, as well. I think out in L.A., uh, it really was a cultural uh, explosion, uh, same as if uh, Michael Jordan would would have went down in a plane crash in Chicago. Yeah, all right. That would sure. It would be still going on in Chicago, no doubt, and and would go on forever and ever in Chicago. So we're uh, just so not part of LA well. guys. We're not Lakers guys. So that's what you're saying. Because once you put it that way, like okay, that's if part this was of Michael it. Jordan. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a part of it. Because Kobe kind of was the Jordan of of his time. Yeah. There's so many kids that never saw Jordan. Uh, we did because we're old and, and stupid. But right. the, the kids after us that didn't see Jordan in his prime, Kobe was their Jordan. And so well, that's and how reason, big this is for them. And the reason Kobe was their Jordan was because Kobe basically copied Michael Jordan. Completely aped Jordan and everything he did, yes. Yes, but and un- unashamed, un- unashamedly did it. Like, he, like that had to have been his idol, right? Kobe wanted Absolutely. to be like Mike. He's the kid who wanted to be like Mike. <laughs> like and had the physical talents to try to actually yes. do that. And, I mean, if you watched him shoot, if you watched him shoot free throws, I mean, he was yeah. the kid on the playground. Everybody copied Michael Jordan. If I shoot free throws, <laughs> no joke. If I go to the basketball court right now, it's 11 o'clock at night, but – 1030 at night, if I go to the basketball court right now and I'm going to shoot a free throw, to this day, I still shoot my free throws like Michael Jordan. I even do the ball spin before I shoot a free throw. <laughs> bounce, Just bounce, in, bounce. Indoctrinated into you. Ball spin, blowout, free throw. <laughs> I still shoot free throws to this day like Michael Jordan. And you're not even a Jordan stand. That's just that's what we saw growing up. Exactly. But yeah, even the even the little ball spin, the twist, you know, the spin the ball in yeah. the left hand, and then just stop it, and then yep. just shoot. And I still do that to this day if I'm shoot just shooting a free throw. <laughs> the three bounces where you're bending your knees. I mean, you're seeing it in your head right now. Oh sure, absolutely. 
And that's still the way I right. shoot free throws. It's crazy. And it's, but you know, it's just like you, you, you we're all kids out on the playgrounds and we're all copying this. I am, you know, six foot three and, you know, what, 260 pounds. I can't do what Kobe Bryant did. <laughs> right. Yeah. Kobe could imitate Jordan on the court, off the court, every way you can imagine because yes. he had the, the physical gifts to do that. He, and, and, and he even had like, he even looked like him. Like they were about the same right. size. Was Kobe, what, six, eight? And Jordan was six, six. Yeah, but just Kobe walked like Jordan. He, he sounded dunks, like him in interviews. Yeah, talked, yeah, he played yeah. like him. So, you know, so everybody, we, we, I'm not crapping on Kobe, but he You're not did dunking the on Kobe? best. Not dunking on Kobe. He just died, <laughs> all right? But he did the best, like, imitation job of the greatest basketball player of all time I've ever seen. So he, and he was successful at doing it. Won all the titles, you know, yeah. scored all the points. And he had the gifts to do it, so good for him. There, there's no shame. If you're going to model your game after somebody and have the physical ability to do it, Jordan's a pretty good one to, to model yourself after. They would have called him Baby Jordan if Harold Miner hadn't come along before that and, and taken it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Kobe, even, he even had the killer instinct. He would take the shot at the end of the game. He would throw no fear, sort of the anti-LeBron, right? <laughs> And, and that's like, another. LeBron earned that reputation for a good chunk of his career, where he was just gonna, you know, even though he was the most gifted player on the court, he was gonna kick that ball out to somebody to miss a, a shot <laughs> at the end of a game. He definitely was way too uh, uh, giving and and sort of yes. looked like afraid of the moment. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Uh, but you brought up the uh, the mentality and the killer instinct, and that's another part of why it's uh, enough for me for the Kobe stuff. Uh, because no one is mentioning or wants to acknowledge in any way, shape, or form his past and the the sordid uh, allegations against him. And that's, I guess, kind of fine. But then when you turn around and start talking about Mamba mentality and uh, he he just – he was so strong-willed that he got his way and he did whatever he wanted to do and he just had an instinct to go get exactly what he wanted, well – uh, yeah, there's a woman in Denver oh, that no. would like to have a word about that. Yeah, you're dunking on the dead man. I'm just saying I don't like it when everyone keeps bringing up his killer instinct and mentality to never take no for an answer. Uh, he when does, you got, definitely doesn't take no for an answer. When you got clearly credible rape charges that were brought against the dude. I mean, it's just so, yeah. I mean, you, you do, you're going to do that. Uh, with LeBron when he retires and talk about how he developed the killer instinct and developed the mentality and you know it took out for many years and that's fine but to do it for for Kobe seems distasteful to me that that's just how I feel I what I find sort of hypocritical in the sort of analysis of all this is there's been zero mention of any of that completely None. ignored as if it never happened. Yeah. Nobody's asked the question, like, why did he change his number midway mm. through his career? We understand why Jordan did it. And then he went uh, back to his own number. Right. You know. Yeah, that, was the whole that, was, different that, that might have been to sell jerseys for all we know. All, <laughs> you know. All those kids running around with those Jordan 45 Bulls jerseys, you don't see too many of those. 
Yeah, there, there was something about the fact that it was retired and it took a while to logistically get that back down off the wall. They didn't realize whatnot, you had to so. fill out a lot of paperwork to unretire your own number. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, totally different circumstance. No, uh, completely uh, ignored, but and, and that's bad enough. But then, yeah. like I said, we'll to get turn that around the 30 and 30 or something a little more hard hitting, I guess. And it, but it's all the women journalists that are propping him up as well, and got tears talking about how what a great father he was, and hashtag girl dad, and and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah. um, th- that's who you want for girl dad uh, for your well, by all accounts, dad? he was a really good dad. Okay, uh, by all but, accounts, uh, okay, Very proud of his children. All right, good dad, good father. Yeah, be a good dad. You could be a good dad and do bad things. Uh, okay, I guess right. I, 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 you know what? I'm not going to belabor it. I, I said I've how, never, how I never feel, been, and it's. I'm a good dad. I've never been accused of rape, but I'm. A good dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just, just a little distasteful for me, but that's 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 me. You're fine. Yeah, I get that. You know, this would be no different. I don't want to like uh, Mike Tyson Deadpool. for hashtag girl dad yeah, would also be a bad know. choice. I, don't want, I, don't want, I was about to say I don't want to Deadpool anybody here, you know. <laughs> oh, anybody? But if Ben Roethlisberger retires <laughs> and a few years after he retires dies in a horrible accident, and we are we going to go through all this without any mention of? What a great the, husband and father Ben Roethlisberger was. What an absolute. Yeah. What a great man he was. That was the one that jumped into my mind. No, that, that's a good one. Uh, Tyson. Uh, yeah. uh, there, there's, well, see, there's, there's basketball analogies to football. And now I'm bringing my football analogies to basketball. You see, I'm tying it all up. I was I was gonna bring the the baseball to the football. I was gonna say oh. that the, the 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 Chiefs are Billy Hamilton. Like you you get on first base with with Billy Hamilton, and all of a sudden you're in scoring position. It doesn't matter that scoring position is supposed to be second base for Billy Hamilton. Scoring position is wherever the hell he pleases. Uh, the problem we have with that one is Billy Hamilton has to get to first base to be a threat, and that's always been that's his why problem. That's why I didn't bring up the analogy because it's not a perfect uh, analogy because Billy Hamilton can't score anytime he wants because he can't get on base the way. That's he why I thought of, I just thought of those runs that the Warriors would go on and it would just yeah. be um, just floodgates, you know, just like you just all of a sudden you're riding high. Hey, we got it's halftime and we got them by three. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And those Warriors teams that were winning those championships and going to the finals, they would have those third quarters. And next thing you know, they were going on a 38 to nine run in the third quarter. And you just knew it was coming every game. I see the, the Bucks do that a lot. Uh, the last couple of years I've noticed where they come out of halftime and they're a little sluggish and then they just go on this like amazing run. But that's mostly just Giannis dunking from the, from the foul line. Uh, and also uh, Chris Middleton hitting a bunch of threes and other guys on their team hitting a bunch of threes. But that's every team now. Every team has a, a cadre of guys bombing away from three surrounding whoever the main player is on the team. And that's the Warriors' uh, invention or, or what they brought to the game. We're still so old 
that it's still a shock that a team won a title shooting mostly threes. We didn't think we'd ever sure. see that. And now, for and now everybody does it. And now, let me uh, ask you a question, because you're more of the basketball guy than I am on this show. You find it boring now that basketball is just dunks and threes? To to an extent, yeah. I was actually just watching a a, a Grizzlies game, I think last night, and I was noticing, good lord, if they don't shoot a three, then they're going in and trying to dunk the ball. There's no other offense uh, going. There's no mid range games. There's no uh, yeah. corner jumpers. There's no elbow jumpers. It's either three or try to get a layup. Uh, yeah, that is a little repetitive and boring. I, I admit. It's also the most efficient way to win. So you have to do it. You, you can't uh, be the, the coach or the team that tries to take a stand and say, well, we're going to be different. We're going to take foul line extended jumpers and we're going to take uh, from that. You, you can't do that because you'll get run out of the building. So now, you, I, you will say, I will say, I do believe the Toronto Raptors won a title with a lot of mid range jumpers last year. Uh, more than most people. Sure. Yeah. yeah now, well, obviously, the numbers are still so skewed towards dunks and threes, but they made a lot, and it was noticeable to me that they settled and made a lot of wide open 17 foot jumpers. Because nobody's contesting that area anymore. No, that's true, but you have to remember that that Raptors team is one of the least dominant champions uh, you'll find in, in history. That team, uh, that, that's a team that doesn't well, even they, make the conference finals if Kawhi Leonard's shot doesn't rim around eight times and fall in luckily uh, against Philadelphia. So that ball bounced. Eight might be generous. <laughs> so that that team that that definitely is an outlier team. That's an outlier like that Pistons team that beat uh, the the L.A. Lakers uh, when when they had Kobe and Shaq and Carl Malone and Gary Payton and every other All Star you could imagine and crumbled only because they couldn't stand each other and crumbled under their own egos. That's why I loved that, that championship that they won. Yeah. That wasn't was it the, a team. Wasn't the same. Didn't the, didn't the Mavericks beat the heat? Was that who they beat? Yes. It was that almost was with the dream team, right? That was LeBron and Wade and Bosch, right? Is that who the Mavericks? Is that who the Mavs beat? Yeah, 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 it was. Um, And and that was, uh, and that was the, the, they beat them the same way the Spurs beat them as well, which was, uh, again, back to the threes. An ungodly amount of threes being rained down by guys you never imagined or never heard of. And you just look up and go, holy shit, what's Danny Green? And and, then Kawhi was on that team. of, I'm thinking of the Spurs team, but then the Mavericks yeah. team was like J.J. Uh, Barea and, uh, yeah. well, know, and Dirk, Dirk. Right, you got the seven-footer. Yeah, but Dale surrounded by all these uh, uh, Karan Butler, I think, was on that too. Sean Marion. Just uh, all these random guys out of nowhere bombing threes on the heat, and, and that's how they won that series. Both those series were won by just random people hitting really big clutch three-pointers uh, constantly. Okay. Hey, we got a lot of basketball on this show tonight. We should. We're dunking on everybody. <laughs> Those poor guys. They, they, they don't listen. They'll let nobody listen to our show. 
yeah, if, if we ever got a listenership, it, it would it, it would be uh, people would be like, what, what what are these guys talking about? Why do they keep dunking on everybody? Who are these people? Um, but that, but that's what we do, you know. That's the, yeah, because like, like I say, that's the charm of the show. So many other places that you can go listen to the just the glossy star fucking right. <laughs> we definitely are are not star fuckers on this show. No. Uh, at least I don't think we are. Shows were out there giving awards for the bad things that happened this year, and apparently no one else is talking about uh, the bad stuff that Kobe Bryant did. It's all lollipops and. and, and uh, you were. It was almost like you were mad. I got there first. <laughs> I wasn't mad. I was just like, why? Why are we doing this? Why are we pretending like this guy has nothing in his past? Greatest human being to ever walk the face of the earth. Yeah, um, and, and I understand it's still the fact that yes, it was tragic, and there's a lot of people that are sad, yeah. and it's a lot to that city. But I think you still need to give an honest analysis at the end, especially in the final analysis. We're still so uh, not ready to be honest about it that I believe there was a reporter for I want to say the Washington Post that tweeted about the rape trial, oh. uh, I believe shortly after the accident, uh, I think maybe even Sunday or Monday tweet about, and got suspended by, by the paper for oh, daring for the, to tweet about something that happened. For the, the thing that actually happened. Yeah. Daring to tweet about something that actually took place. That wasn't rever- referential uh, of the great Kobe Bryant got suspended oh. for it. So this is what we're doing now with, with, when we talk about facts in public as we get scorned and, and ridicule and how dare you and uh, thinking, you know, like it, it, it's really sad what's going on these days, man. Anyone that says something true, if someone decides they don't like it and they, there's no disagreeing, there's no civil, uh, just, okay, agree to disagree. You suck and you're horrible and you need to be shouted down. It's, it's I, mean, now, I mean, report on something accurate yeah that actually happened and you dare even mention it it was was cancel culture comes after you now i mean what is this that's that's a little different that's if you say something that maybe an opinion that's not very popular that's when cancel culture comes to get you (laughs) and now yeah it's it's trickling down to the, it would appear. Your job for actually telling the truth. Yeah, it's crazy. There we go. And it's an election year, too. Oh, boy. Uh, you ready for this summer? It's going to be a lot of fun, huh? Boy. Started. Well, we lived through 2016. We'll make it through 2020. Uh, I'll have to go get a t shirt. I lived through 2016, and all I got was this lousy t shirt. And coronavirus. Uh, hopefully, we don't get that. That's uh, just out of China, I guess. Uh, it's no, trying to come here. There's been a um, few cases here, and it's like people traveling over here. There've been confirmed reports. Right. In the there's there's not many. Right. It's not a pandemic or anything like that. How you can live on a planet with six billion people and a thousand people die of something, and it's like, oh. <gasps> We're all going to die. No, I mean, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people die every day. 
So, but if, if we get to like twelve monkeys territory, someone let me know. <laughs> then, then I might be concerned. Yeah. All right, so we uh, have been invited to Football Fan Rush Radio. They're doing their Super Bowl preview tomorrow at noon. Um, you will be able to attend that. You'll be working. Yeah, I um, work. I work uh, you know, 11 to 5 uh, tomorrow, so I would unfortunately not be able to make that. Um, but uh, well, yeah, if you go on there, represent us well. Uh, uh, more, more than welcome to, to give my pick. Uh, which is a legitimate pick. Yep, that's the team you wanted. The team I want. I was all two weeks like, don't take San Francisco. Please don't <laughs> take San Please fall in love with the offense. Please, please, please. Um, <laughs> and you could very well end up being right, and you would have totally earned it. You had a good year. Um, I did my job hanging around. I hung around this year. Um, and now you're in and- position to pounce on my mistake. If you and if San Francisco shows up, and this is basically a pick 'em game, um, if San Francisco wins, then the point doesn't matter, which is what I'm hoping because I actually have them winning straight up. Obviously, it's a one point game. Um, you know, not going to get can't get cute. <laughs> <laughs> but I need uh, to only... end up where they can't win by you know, or they can't lose by one point. So I need like overtime. The only movement that I saw on the spread here uh, on the uh, King of Covers site is not the spread itself. It's the number uh, since the show started. It went down from 54 to 53 and a half. So that's on your side. You think it's going to be lower scoring. And if it is lower scoring, that certainly favors the 49ers. If it's higher scoring, if it goes over that 53 and a half, then that that should be uh, Kansas City. And I went under. I believe, you did. right? I did. I said 27 So I did go under. I didn't realize that over-under was that high. Yeah, and, and I still went over with, I said, 34-29, so that's what, 63. Uh, so, yeah, um, that, that is a very high number for a, a game that's going to be on uh, grass. It's not going to be in a dome or anything like that. The weather's not a factor, though. It's going to be 60 and, and just fine in Miami. So uh, the days conditions will be ideal. Uh, yeah, so, I think it rained today down in Miami, but I think it'll be fine uh, tomorrow. The Bears Colts Super Bowl that was played in uh, no, rain. no, the, the Super Bowl very memorable for Prince giving the greatest halftime performance of all time in a driving rainstorm <laughs> with, with all that electrical equipment on stage. It, it, uh, it was great even without that, but even, but when you consider that as well, it was it's been better the fact that he put forth that, that effort and that performance uh, with, with just flying around everywhere. Better than the per, halftime performance of Prince projected on a giant bedsheet? Yeah, that's the, that's the one I'm talking about the, in Miami. It was oh, all that was He died. Did they do that they had that Super Bowl? Oh, you're talking about Justin, Justin Timberlake yeah. uh, did like a, a yeah, some sort of yeah. projection. Yeah, to try to do a duet or something with a with a hologram of Prince projected on us. Yeah. yeah, that was that was garbage. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it I'm was you know. I'm, I'm now I'm dunking on Justin Timberlake. Um, 
I I believe I was fine with the sentiment at the time to honor the fact that the that the the man had just died, uh, but the actual execution was was lacking. But yeah, I, I, I didn't think I would be dunking on Justin Timberlake tonight too. So we're we're, we're getting we're spraying to all fields this evening. Um, oh man, we're we're salty. I, I know. Uh, so yeah, I was uh, as I was saying, um, I'll try to. I, won't, I can't make any promises, but I'll try to uh, represent for for the for the show on Football Fan Arts Radio tomorrow. Uh, and even if I don't, uh, give them a listen. Uh, they've always been friendly to us, and you should give them a, a listen if you like uh, salty Chicago radio hosts talking about football. Uh, they're uh, they can be salty as well, but uh, uh, not quite as salty as us, but. Uh, they're always a good, fun listen, Cass and, and Renard. Uh, football Fan Rush Radio, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, they're having their Super Bowl preview show tomorrow at uh, noon central time, so definitely give them a listen. And I'd um, almost, as as, I'd almost be uh, willing to wager that they're probably divided on this game in some way, too. I don't know. I don't uh there's no NFC North team, so I don't know uh, which way they would lean. What do we do? I don't know. <laughs> very well, well, you can't have a football show, even if it's just limited in scope to, let's say, those four teams, without knowing a lot about football. Right. So. Yeah, because anyone that comes in and plays them, you got to know something about them. So they, right. yeah, they. They they definitely have football knowledge. They just definitely focus on the uh, NFC North. That's their uh, uh, their their specialty for sure. We've had uh, them on our that, show multiple times, and that's always been a good time. Yeah, uh, but I have no idea how they're going to go on on this game tomorrow. I, you're going to have to listen and find out. Well, the best show you and I ever had with them was in person. That never got recorded and totally should have been recorded. That's probably true for a whole lot of uh, talk show or, or people that are having talks. It was just in a bar, uh, yeah. just shooting the shit over That's over exactly beers. Right. We were the sports reporters without all the smoke. <laughs> without all the cigarette smoke, right? Yeah. Um, oh, you're right. Yeah, three hours of just of just BSing with each other. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, you should um, have recorded that. That was that, <laughs> that was worthy. That entire three hours. It was. We have to get uh, clearance from the waiter that kept coming over. Uh, we, we, I don't know if we could use his voice without his permission, but uh, other than we'll that. Dub him. We'll, we'll dub him out. We'll ADR it, yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as our uh, Super Bowl recap show, what are we uh, looking at for that? Uh, Tuesday, uh, maybe? Yeah, I mean, it's usually a pretty quick turnaround, isn't it? Uh, we don't need to wait a full week with the Super Bowl being right. on uh, tomorrow. So, yeah, I think Tuesday is a good night for me. Tuesday the 4th. I'm off work the next day, so I could do a 9 o'clock show. Um, yeah, we could do Tuesday at 9. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. It's all out of our system because I know we usually have a little bit of a break. Uh, I know after the season's over, we usually take a, a two, three-week break. In the run-up to the Oscars, usually. Yep. You uh, always reserve the right to call an audible. You never know what wild shit might happen or, or whatever. You know, there could just be something like, oh, man, we got to talk about that. That's right. But 
Yeah, you, that's usually how it goes is we have our Super Bowl recap and then it's about a week and a half or, or two weeks to the uh, to the Oscars and we have our Oscars preview show with well, Dave the uh, Movie Expert. We have our WrestleMania. That's April, right? Oh, yeah, that's another uh, couple months away. Actually, well, it's not that too not too far away. Then we'll start getting into baseball. and Right. So, yeah, it, yeah, it's the... just crazy. Once we get into Kings of Non Sequitur, um, you know, how much ends up actually happening throughout the we have March Badness and the Oscars. And we got all the fun stuff that comes up in the offseason when we switch out of football mode. So, yep, that's all coming up later on. All those people, any new listeners to the show, we don't just end the football season and say, you know, fuck all y'all till September. <laughs> draft aftermath, the draft aftermath, aftermath when the show doesn't record. Right. Uh, all kinds of fun that we have in the off season. We got a lot of dunking to do on people. Uh, we yeah, definitely uh... the draft NFL draft aftermath aftermath. I think we. Yeah, because <laughs> our work. connection issues were that bad. That we basically didn't have a, a draft aftermath, so then we came back the next night and I called it the draft aftermath aftermath. Yes, that's what, well, exactly what it was. <laughs> yes. So, all right. Oh, we don't have well, those connection issues anymore. It's pretty funny. Um, making one pick that we still took two hours. Oh, that's. You can't host a, a talk show unless you know how to talk. And if there's one thing we know how to do is talk. Yes, we have a lot of practice. 30, <laughs> what, 38 years of practice on what? Yeah, 38 Ooh. years of practice. Lord. Yeah, that's, that's that's a long time. All right. So you got the Niners, I got the Chiefs, and Go neither one it. of us will be surprised uh, if the other one wins. One of those Super Bowls where whoever ends up winning and losing this pick, no shame. Yeah, no shame. No, definitely looking forward to this game. Uh, no matter how the outcome comes, I, I think it should be a really, really good game. No, oh. all right. I hope it's a nice blowout. But <laughs> yeah, sure you I hope say all of that and hope for. But no, we want a good football game. But. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that Denver-Seattle Super Bowl. I'd take that. Oh, my God. I just had a flashback of that before you said that, believe it or not. I thought that was going to be a really good Super Bowl, and then the first yeah. snap of the game was uh, was, was a like fumble, the, no, I believe. Denver-Carolina Super Bowl, where we were all back. Cam Newton, oh. he's up Oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> well, we can, we can hope it doesn't go down that road. All right. All right. Uh, Got anything else? No, 9 o'clock on Tuesday. It's a fast turnaround, so talk to you in three days. You got it. Everybody enjoy the big game tomorrow, the unofficial American holiday, the Super Bowl, or we call it the Super Duper Bowl to avoid any uh, copyright infringement. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the big game tomorrow with all your foods and all your friends, or if you enjoy without the friends, because I know a lot of you can't watch football with your friends because they'll drive you crazy uh, because they think they know things and they just prove that they have no idea. Uh, but everybody enjoy your football tomorrow, the last game of the season, and we will be back Tuesday, 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern, to recap Super Duper Bowl 54. Talk to you then.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.